This program is presented by a community producer through Midland Community Television. The City of Midland and MCTV are not responsible for the content of the program. The views presented do not necessarily represent those of the City of Midland or MCTV. If you would like to produce your own program, contact MCTV at 837-3474 or access our website, cityofmidlandmi.gov slash MCTV. We hope you enjoy the following presentation. Hello and welcome to the March installment of Community Focus, presented by the Friends of MCTV. I'm your host, John McPeak. Every month the program features news about upcoming activities in the greater Midland area. This month our guests include folks from the Midland County ESA, the Chippewa Nature Center, Shelter House, and Dow Gardens. Joining us today to lead off our program is Don Johnson, the Career and Technical Education Coordinator with Midland County Educational Service Agency, or ESA. Welcome to Community Focus. Thanks, John. Don, could you give us a brief overview of ESA, what it is, what it does? The Midland County ESA is an ISD by any other name. So if you're familiar with that kind of terminology, we're the county school district, mm -hmm. and we're in place to serve the local school district students, parents, and staff. Uh, so we do a, a various things across tying the local school districts together. And our vision is, is that we, uh, that all children in Midland County reach their potential. Well, how does your department, career and technical, career and technical education, how does your department achieve your goals? We, um, we have a number of programs and services that we provide to students and to schools in Midland County. Um, we connect academic learning to um, careers, mm -hmm. hard skills and soft skills or critical skills. Um, we intentionally bring those in. We also do a lot of career development activities, um, career development events such as career fairs, um, job shadows, uh, career exploration, lots of things to help kids understand what their next step will be coming out of high school, whatever that'll be. What we want to do is support kids in doing whatever it is that makes sense for them, mm -hmm. whether it be to enter employment, enter college, or additional training. So we have all these events. Uh, we have career fairs um, and reality stores, another event that we do. Well, tell us more about the reality stores. The Reality Store is part of a career development system. We have a whole series of events that we um, have interconnected for students through middle school through high school. It's available for all 8th and 11th graders. Um, and essentially what it is is we bring the game of life, if you think about the board game of life that we all <laughs> played as kids, um, to life for kids in their school so that they have that experience to walk through that. What happens during the day of the reality store event? So what happens, well, let me start with before the event. Sure. Our staff goes into the school and prepares students. They do career exploration, find a career that fits them, that they think that they might, might interest them. Mm -hmm. They do some exploration. They determine the educational requirements for that career and the starting salary for that career. So that all happens up ahead of this with our staff. And then the day of the event, they come in and that exploration is the basis for the event. They come into the gym 
and they have their career, they have a family situation, they may be, mar may be married, they may not be married, they may have children, they may not have children, so they have their life situation. They come into the gym and they walk through a, what I will call a month of paying bills like you or I do every single month. And e at each station they make choices. They have to buy a car, so they have a car payment. And there are a number of different options, new, used, etc. So they pay the tax man, they pay their student loans based on the career that they picked. So if it's a career that requires a two-year degree, they'll pay that type of a student loan payment. If it requires a four-year degree, they'll pay that. If it requires no further education, they won't have a student loan payment. So they go through all of those stations, food, clothing, transportation, housing. Do I rent a house? Do I buy a house? And those discussions take place um, throughout the, at every station throughout the whole event. And then after the day, you have a follow-up, a post-event? Uh, uh, yes, to reinforce what they've learned and to, to look at what their next step will be. When you think about it, if I go through an event like that and I learn something, the next thing we want them to do is take the next step. What is that? This career made sense to me. Now I want to do some more exploration. This career, uh, maybe it doesn't fit what I want to do. So maybe I need to step back and start and look at something else. So we always try it with every Everything that we do to um, have a next step so that they continue down either the path they think they're going down or they back up and, and try another path. Now, it would seem that, that uh, the day of must require a lot of staffing. Do you do that all internally or do you have, need volunteers? We have um, two employees that work the event and the rest is volunteers so we recruit probably 25 volunteers from the community for every one of the nine. We put nine reality stores on per school year. So mm -hmm. about one a month across the school year. And what kind of background or training do each of these volunteers have? Um, you really don't need any training. We do a little up front before the event, right before the event, immediately before the event. We'll do a little bit of a 15 minute kind of introduction mm -hmm. to it. But when you think about the things that and the discussions that volunteers are having with students, they're the kind of thing that you do every month. You look at, okay, what's my heating bill look like? And it's interesting to listen to some of those conversations with students in eighth grade and 11th grade and see how they change. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, would it be better to buy a used car for a little bit lower price and, and get by or do you need to, those are the kind of things that happen. And so essentially anybody, most adults do these kind of things every day in their lives. So it doesn't take any special training. Mm -hmm. Although sometimes it's kind of neat to have an insurance agent staff the insurance table or a real estate agent staff the housing table and have a little bit different conversation with kids sometimes. Sure. So you need a number of volunteers and uh, if a uh, potential volunteer wants to do this, how can they contact you to sign up or to get more information? They could email me at djohnson at midlandesa.org or my phone number is area code 989-631-5891 extension 232 and either way they could contact me, we'd send them some information and then we have an online link to um, sign up because there are a lot of dates and we staff in half-day increments mm -hmm. so someone could pick a morning or an afternoon or a specific school that they wanted to work at. Any of those kind of options exist. Excellent. Well, Don, thank you for appearing on Community Focus and bringing us that information on the Reality Store project of the Midland County Educational Service Agency. 
Our next guest is from the Chippewa Nature Center with information on their annual Maple Syrup Day. We covered everything now. With the MCTV Network, you can share your story through television, online video, social media, and podcasts. Since 1984, MCTV has provided public access to television for the people and organizations of Midland. This hasn't changed. However, there are many other ways for you to reach your audience wherever they are and whenever they want. Call 837-3474 for details. Follow us on Facebook and search for MCTV Community Voices on YouTube or podcast platforms for more local stories. Join us to build a better community through media at MCTV. This is Community Focus, a presentation of the Friends of MCTV. Our guest in this second segment is Jen Kurtz, the Director of Programs of the Chippewa Nature Center. Welcome to the program. Thanks so much, John. Now, Jen, what are the date and times for maple syrup activities at the Chippewa Nature Center? So our special event, Maple Syrup Day, is going to be Saturday, March 16th this year. It'll start at 10 o'clock in the morning and wrap up at the end of the day at 4. There'll be um, free admission for children and um, adult members, and then adult non-members are just $5 each. And that's for the, the maple syrup day itself? Yep, for the event itself. We do have a pancake breakfast that day as well. Tell us about that. Yep, it's a fantastic breakfast. Um, the pancake man comes uh, and makes delicious pancakes. They're sausage, applesauce, uh, milk, coffee, the whole deal. Um, and that is from 10 until 2. And that is $7 a person for adults and 5 dollars for children three to twelve uh, members of the nature center do get a discount on that as well and the person that's not a member can buy a membership on the day of the absolutely we love for people to um, to experience what the nature center has to offer and to choose to become a member that day and so uh, if you'd like to do that then free admission is available as well okay I've had my pancake breakfast and I'm feeling pretty good what other activities will take place so we have two main centers of activities during mm -hmm. this festival one is at the visitor center so at the visitor center the breakfast is the big thing happening but there's other crafts and activities in the building that highlight this time of year and maple and maple syrup and mm -hmm. maple crafts um, but then if you catch the hay wagon down um, to our homestead farm our 1870s homestead farm area um, in the sugar house you can see how the process of turning sap into syrup happens um, you can have the opportunity to see a batch method so a big copper kettle boiling over a fire as well as our modern evaporator pan method mm -hmm. uh, there are tours of the sugar bush so you can head out into the woods for a scavenger hunt and to check the buckets and see if the sap is dripping. Um, there's going to be a puppet show and music at our schoolhouse and then if you head over to the farm itself um, there's other crafts and activities there and an opportunity to try sugar on snow. Now on the hay wagon rider at the sugar bush are, is it possible to tap a tree or see how a tree is tapped and, and collect buckets or is it? Absolutely. If Mother Nature is cooperative we would encourage the collecting of sap if it's flowing on the mm -hmm. day of the Maple Syrup Festival um, but we do have the opportunity to um, tap sample trees so that kids of all ages, adults obviously included, um, can have the opportunity to use the tools that we use um, to tap the trees and to see what that process really feels and looks like. Now that's a big day. How many people do you expect from Maple Syrup Day? It ranges uh, on weather, but um, we often see over a thousand people that come out um, and enjoy the, the first signs of spring in the woods. 
And you, you mentioned weather. This will go on regardless of the weather. Regardless of what Mother Nature throws at us, we will have our maple syrup festival. Um, whether it's bright and sunny or whether it's overcast and drizzly, it's a great day to get out with your family and make some memories. Now, what else can folks enjoy at the Chippewa Nature Center here in the coming weeks? Well, as we're headed into March and, and excited about spring coming, we do offer afternoons at the Sugar House, which is every Saturday and Sunday in March. It's from 1 to 4, and this is a free activity. You can come down and visit the Sugar House, take a tour of the woods, again, practice tap. Uh, it's sort of the highlights of the festival that you can come down and see what it really looks like in action, um, and that's available every Saturday and Sunday in March. And you said free admission, so you don't free have admission. to be a member. Nope, You're you don't need to be a member. You can just come on down to the Sugar House and enjoy the experience. And between now and the end of March, what are the usual outdoor activities during the winter at the Chippewa Nature Center. <laughs> I was going to say, during the winter, it all depends, again, on Mother Nature. Um, but if the conditions are right, we will still groom for um, cross-country skiing, and snowshoers are welcome out. Um, if if we've moved past that and Mother Nature's decided to bring us spring, um, then hiking, we can already already hear uh, the chickadees singing their mm -hmm. pre uh, spring songs and uh, just lots of activity of, of the wildlife that's at the Nature Center. Now, the Chippewa Nature Center hosts the Banff Center Mountain. Let me get this right. The Banff Center Mountain Film Festival World Tour yes. each year. <laughs> now, when will that festival take place this year? It takes place on um, April 12th and 13th. It's a Friday and Saturday night starting at 7 p.m. We host it at the Bullet Creek Auditorium, and it's an amazing festival of the best mountain films um, from across the world, really. And so it highlights high adventure um, sports. It also highlights some human interest stories of people who have really um, connected with nature, some of those high adventure um, sports over their lifetime. Um, so every Everything from, from young children to elderly people who are in love with the outdoors. Um, everything from mountain climbing and mountain biking to skiing. Um, it's different every year. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we're really excited to bring those films to, to Midland. And tickets are available? They're available online at ChippewaNatureCenter.org. Um, we usually do sell out before the event, so I'd encourage folks to purchase those tickets well ahead of time. They are $18 a person, and again, members do get a discount on those tickets. And if someone has a fear of heights, they can hide their face during <laughs> Absolutely. There are always a few intense films that make me hold my breath because I'm not, although I love the outdoors, I am not as adventurous as some of the folks in these films. <laughs> Now, Jen, where can our viewers find more information about any of these activities that we've discussed? All of the activities that Nature Center um, is doing is on our calendar at ChippewaNatureCenter.org, um, or you can give us a call at 989-631-0830 to connect with the events that are happening. Well, thank you, Jen, for that update on Maple Syrup Day and the other spring activities at the Chippewa Nature Center. In our next segment, we'll learn about Shelter House's plan for a new facility. Midland Community Television has exciting news for Midland area nonprofits. Recently, MCTV has undergone changes both technologically and organizationally to help you share your story better and reach your audience wherever they are. Our new services include public service announcements, special event recordings, audio podcasts, YouTube video, live TV broadcasts streamed online, and more. Call 837-3474 for details. Follow us on Facebook and search for MCTV Community Voices on YouTube or podcast platforms for more local stories. Join us to build a better community through media at MCTV.
I'm John McPeak and this is Community Focus, presented by the Friends of MCTV. In this third segment, our guest is Janine Outerkirk, the Executive Director of Shelter House. Welcome to Community Focus. Thanks for inviting me here. Janine, could you give us a brief description of Shelter House? Our mission is to support victims of domestic and sexual violence by providing shelter, counseling and advocacy for people in Midland and Gladwin County. Now, Shelter House was formed over 40 years ago. Mm -hmm. How many people have you helped over the years? What services do you provide? Well, we actually serve about a thousand people a year. That's individuals one-on-one. -on -one. But if you mm -hmm. start counting in our community education and all the things we do in the community, it's about 12,000 people a year. So it's hard to give you a number that we've served over 40 years. Are you able to reach everyone that reaches out to Shelter House? Um, not everyone. Um, we answer about 2,500 crisis calls through our mm -hmm. helpline every year and provide about 4,500 nights of safety. But what's been happening in the last average over the last five years is we've not been able to provide shelter for everyone that's called. We've turned away on an average about 350 people each year for the last five years. And that's due to limited space in your facility? It is. Limited space and um, we're just, when we're full, we're full. Now I need to say, if there is someone in intimate danger for Midland and Gladwin County, they aren't turned away. They might sleep on the couch, but we're not going to turn them away. And when we do turn someone away, we help them find safety in other ways. So you sometimes are even over capacity in your, in yes. your facility. Yeah, most of the time we're over capacity and 81% of the time we're at extra over capacity you might say where we have um, more than seven families we mm -hmm. only have six rooms in our shelter mm -hmm. so it, it becomes a real challenge and you currently have a campaign to build a new client service center can you tell us about your rebuild and renew campaign I can it's very exciting we are uh, 7.2 million dollar campaign and we're 80 about 80 percent there and so we are coming to the community and saying help us get over the top but it's going to be a wonderful wonderful facility and i'm very excited about it uh, the 7.2 million how will that be funded you mentioned that you're 80 percent uh... mm -hmm. our community foundations in our our local community have been wonderful we've gone to all of the midland foundations mm -hmm. with the gerstacker the Strosacker, Dow Chemical, Dow Corning, all of the different foundations, um, and that's how we've arrived at the $5.8 million. Plus, we have a few lead donors within our community. And so now you're looking for community support from local donors for a uh, yes. dollar to whatever. Whatever they can give. I think it's really important that every single person in our community has the opportunity to point at that new building and say, with pride, I helped. Now, are you able to present this campaign information to service clubs, church groups, other organizations that may you know, want some information about how they can be a part of it? Absolutely. That's why I'm on a quest. I want to go to all of the service clubs. I want to go to the church groups, to the book clubs. Whoever is, has a gathering, I would love to come and talk to people and, and share my excitement and ask them to help. Mm -hmm. And they, those groups, if they're interested, can schedule information, mm -hmm. uh, schedule the uh, presentation through uh, Shelter House. Yes. And call. The, you have a number that mm -hmm. they can call. Yep. Our just our regular line nine eight nine eight three five six seven seven one, and they will put you right through to the person that will help get that scheduled. Now, what will be included in the new facility? Without being real specific, but mm -hmm. uh, overall, how much bigger will it be, and how much more will we be able to serve clients? It's going to be a fantastic facility, state-of-the-art. We've really done our homework. Um, 
It's going to have 15 suites for the for the people who come to stay with us. Our current facility has only six um, mm -hmm. rooms. It's dormitory style where people share rooms. In our new facility, they won't have to do that. It's going to be um, have gathering areas and those kinds of things, but it's not going to be communal living. We're going to continue to have our, our licensed counselors, our advocates, everyone to be able to help um, serve all of the clients to help them on their journey to, to healing. The, uh, the facility is located, the new facility will be located on Waldo Avenue mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, between uh, Patrick and Ashman, I mean. Yes, yes. yes. And uh, that will be uh, on a, a parcel where you'll, have, you'll be completely self-sufficient, if you will, out there. Yes. And in addition to the inside things, the suites and the uh, office space, you have some outside um, things that'll help with the healing process? Yeah, we have purchased from Dow Chemical 20 acres, and so we're hoping to have some healing paths, some a nice area for the children to play, in addition to what we'll have inside, of course. Mm -hmm. um, but part of healing from trauma is to have a, that peaceful, um, safe and secure feelings. Now, how can someone get more information on the campaign, uh, get a presentation, or how they can donate? Okay. Again, that number is 989-835-6771 to ask for me to come do a presentation, to ask for more information, whatever. And also you can go on our website, which mm -hmm. is www.shelterhousemidland.org. And we have a, a place on the campaign where you can click the view the campaign page and then there will be donate now. So if that's what you want to do or just learn more about it, um, glad to have everyone in whatever way they can be a part of this to be a part of it. So by telephone or by by uh, computer, mm -hmm. they can reach the information. Well, Janine, thank you for appearing on Community Focus to give us that preview of the new Shelter House facility. In our final segment today, we will hear about this spring's Butterflies in Bloom at Dow Gardens. The MCTV Network helps Midland residents share their story with the community. Our media producer workshops will help you get started. In one short session, you will learn how to create media that will educate, entertain, and enrich the community in which we live. Get registered for a workshop by calling 837-3474, follow us on Facebook for more information, and search for MCTV Community Voices on YouTube and your podcast platform for more local stories. Join us to build a better community through media at MCTV. For this final segment of Community Focus, presented by the Friends of MCTV, we welcome Ellie Maxwell, the Dow Gardens entomologist, who will invite us to enjoy butterflies in bloom. Welcome to Community Focus. Ellie, Dow Gardens has presented butterflies in bloom each spring for several years. Uh, when will the butterflies be accepting visitors this year? This year it opens on Friday, March the 1st, and runs through April 21st, Easter Sunday. And that is, so that's every day of the week, seven days a week during that period. It is. And it's from what time to what time? So 10 in the morning till 4 p.m., but Wednesdays after the time change, um, April or March 13th, mm -hmm. we are open till 7.30. So 7.30 in the evening on Wednesdays then. Right. And where are the butterfly? 
excuse me, where are the butterflies housed when they're here in Midland? Yeah, so we welcome them to the conservatory on Dow Gardens. It is a short walk back. You have uh, admission for the butterflies in bloom, or is that included with the Dow Gardens Pass? It's included with the pass. So the admission to the gardens is $10 for the daily pass, mm -hmm. $20 for the annual pass. We welcome um, students for $2, and five and under are free. Now, what's the best time to visit the conservatory to visit with the butterflies? So the most important thing about the best time this year is your time. We're encouraging visitors to reserve their spot with a time ticket so they can go right on the website, punch in their um, um, their uh, annual admission card number mm -hmm. and reserve a spot. Um, it is really nice to come on those Wednesday late nights though. So because of limited space in the conservancy, you're, you've instituted a, a new reservation program. There is a reservation program. But people can still walk in, and if there's room, they can... Yep, they there will be a limited number of available uh, spots. Will there be any new species this year? Yes, I'm glad you asked. So this year we um, added a new supplier from Ecuador. So we're getting new species from Ecuador, and we already have three in there. Um, we get 40... I mean, 4,000 individual butterflies over the course. And in one day last week, we got 406. So it's already rolling. And uh, those are Ecuador and thus a South American species. Right. Have you had South American species before? No, we've had Costa Rica, so Central America, mm -hmm. but we are, this continent is new. And are all of these species you have there uh, exotics, non-native, or do you have some native also? Yeah, so we still get the native species from Florida and Alabama. Mm-hmm. And visitors, are, are they allowed to take photographs of the butterflies? Sure are. We encourage it. Now, when uh, someone walks into the conservatory, the butterflies will be flying, they'll be yeah. resting, they'll be emerging yeah. uh, from the chrysalis, Correct. all of those things? Yes, yep. So it's free-flying butterflies. Um, it's like being in the rainforest. What other activities and events will be offered relating to the butterflies? Yeah, so on the weekends, our barn that's used for classes during the work we, uh, week, mm -hmm. it converts to a craft area. Um, we also invite Tim Dreyer to visit on Saturday, March 16th. He'll be here 11 to 4 in the barn area. Um, he does a live glass blowing demonstration. He makes butterflies. I see. Now on the Saturdays and Sundays in the butterfly craft barn, what kind of activities or crafts will be there? So we're really excited at Dow Gardens. We're doing an origami display this summer, mm -hmm. and in preparation for that, we've been having fun with origami. So the butterfly theme, um, you'll see it on the back of my T-shirt, has an origami butterfly um, and how to fold an origami butterfly. Uh, in addition, we've done puppets and coloring pages um, and simple crafts. Now, does the Dow Gardens Pass allow cardholders access to Whiting Forest in their new canopy walk? It does, yep. So tell us again, Allie, when the butterflies are in bloom. So they're blooming from Friday, March 1st through April 21st, 10 to 4 daily, 7.30 on Wednesdays after the time change. Well, Allie, thank you for joining us and telling us about the butterflies in blooms at Dow Gardens. Thank you. We're glad that you joined us for the March installment of Community Focus. We've learned about some useful, informative, and educational activities that we can all look forward to in Midland in the coming weeks. The Community Focus program is just one of the activities of the Friends of MCTV, activities that continually support and promote our local cable access television station. If you'd like to join Friends of MCTV or learn more about our organization, you can like us on Facebook, 
email us at friendsofmctv at gmail.com or call or visit the MCTV studio in the Grace A. Dow Memorial Library. And remember, if your club or nonprofit organization would like to join us at this table in the months to come, you can find our application online at MCTV section of the city website, or you can visit MCTV in person to submit an application. We'd love to have you be a part of Community Focus. This program is presented by a community producer through Midland Community Television. The City of Midland and MCTV are not responsible for the content of the program. The views presented do not necessarily represent those of the City of Midland or MCTV. If you would like to produce your own program, contact MCTV at 837-3474 or access our website, cityofmidlandmi.gov. MCTV.